Hi, my name is Serena Aurora. I am an Ayurvedic health practitioner and certified yoga therapist. And this is a series of talks that brings Ayurvedic practices to promote optimal health and sustainable healing. And I really look forward to sharing them with you. Welcome to the Ayurveda yoga therapy session. Today we are going to, you're getting a good sense of how your body is speaking to you, but we're going to deepen that conversation. So I like to call this session body talk because it's really learning and understanding, hearing. Thank you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> uh, it's really learning and understanding what your um, body is saying to you, but also how are you speaking and communicating to your body as well. And sometimes it's a one-way conversation. Sometimes it's simply we're speaking to our body, we're thinking into our body, we're pounding it with information or judgment or criticism or analyzing it and we're not necessarily listening or getting waiting for information to come back to us until all of a sudden one day we're like oh what's that ah this oh what's happening and when we start getting those twinges of pain or um, things that seemingly just arise, they just come up all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my back goes out, my back spasms, all of a sudden. That is an indication that you haven't been listening to what your body has been telling you for a period of time. Because your body speaks in whispers to begin with, and then it gets, if you ignore it, it gets louder and louder and louder and louder, unless you actually hear it, take some time to listen, to hear it, what it has to say, and then do something about it to change it. And so you're getting a good sense of, um, you know, in the alignment posture clinics that we're doing, you're getting, hmm, okay, I'm feeling this pose differently. I mean, I love what you said this morning, Joanne. You're like, I'm doing this pose for the first time today. Yeah, and you, I'm sure, have done it many, many times. But for the first time, I'm experiencing this pose in my body in a different way. And that is the sensitivity that is starting to arise in you. And that is a good thing. That is what yoga ultimately provides. And that is the, if you were to have any goal of yoga, which ultimately you don't really want a goal, but if there is a goal to be had, that's a good one to have. To become more sensitized, to become more sensitive. Because we, are, we have become desensitized. We have desensitized ourselves from the inside out, from the outside in, from top to bottom, from left to right. We have desensitized. We've cut ourselves off. We've disconnected. We've disassociated. Use whatever word you want to use. But a lot of it has to do with either being too bombarded with stuff that we are, can't, I need to just not listen to anything anymore. So when you're too, um, um, there's an onslaught of stimulus, when you're, there's too much stimuli, then we tend to 
cut off, tend to cut off our senses because it's too much for us to handle. And so it's a com combination of many, many things. So the ability to track, listen to, understand, um, you know, your body is very innate. Babies don't have to think about what they need. <laughs> Babies know very intimately what they need. And it's like, okay, I'm hungry. <laughs> I have to do, I have to go to the bathroom. I have, like, they have these, they're very in, intimately connected to their bodies. And somewhere along the way, this art, this innate ability was lost, has been lost in us. And so um, most of us, we just use our body to get things done. It's like this body is just to do, just to get up, go make money, <laughs> come home, feed it. I have to feed it. <laughs> I have to maybe water it sometimes. I have to clothe it. It's like this, it's like this becomes this machine of just simply doing. And we forget, we forget. We can start to just expect it to keep going, keep going, keep doing, keep doing, keep doing, and keep up. And when it doesn't keep up, we get mad, we get angry. What's wrong with you? How can you, you know, you bad me? The things that we say to ourselves, we use those words, bad. This is my bad me, or this is my bum shoulder, or whatever we call it. We have these words that are quite harsh, that can be quite harsh in how we describe our bodies and what they're not doing for us, for us. Instead of looking at it from a different perspective, like, wait a second. Have I even noticed what you have been doing all this time or what I've been putting you through? I consider the body like this suitcase. <laughs> you are, you are, it is the suitcase to carry around your soul in this lifetime. And the suitcase can last a lifetime or, and it depends, it will last a lifetime. Depends on how long your life will last. And the way you treat your suitcase as you travel along your journey matters. So it can be bashed and battered and bruised and cut and I don't know, um, or you could start to like, you know, keep it repaired, maybe, you know, keep it upright, not uh, treat it, you know, put other things on top of it, makes it heavy and those kinds of things. So uh, not overpack it or overstuff it so that the zippers burst at the seams. It's like, how, can, how are you treating your suitcase and that is carrying yourself, yourself in it? So how you treat it, how you speak to it. Um, and we often can do, we do many, many things. So some of us lash it with insults. Some of us uh, numb it out, drown it in alcohol. Some of us abuse it. Some of us ignore it. Some of us starve it. Okay, so we do these things to our bodies that is quite, that um, ultimately you would never really do to someone or something else. It's, it's so ironic in that it's like you would speak, sometimes the way people speak to their own selves, their own bodies, they would never say out loud to somebody else. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. 
It's like if you were to actually say those words out loud, what it would sound like, would you say it to somebody, to somebody else about themselves? And it's like, it's, so your body is listening. Your body is listening. Make no mistake. It hears everything you're saying, everything you're not saying, everything you're thinking. And you're, th when I say thinking through, you know, you're thinking through your body, those thoughts go through your body and your body holds on to those. There's this one um, goddess in uh, Hindu mythology and it's Saraswati, Saraswati. And she's the goddess of like creativity and intelligence and um, in, you know, music and all these things that make it, make things happen, create things. And so she is the manifester. She creates whatever it is that you want to say. And they say, they say, that she sits on your tongue. And so whatever you actually say, she will either take and manifest. There's an, there's, let's say, there is a chance that she will take it and manifest it. So be careful what you say. <laughs> and not only what you say out loud, but what you're saying to yourself and that thought process. Okay, so how are you speaking into your body? And so now it's a, t a time of listening. Well, now I get to listen. If I'm going to, okay, now I'm going to start to watch what I say and what, what I'm going to, how I speak to myself. Oftentimes, we just got this morning, uh, someone came, a uh, guest came to us and there, she said, yeah, I was thinking, I was started saying, speaking poorly about myself, to myself, and then all of a sudden I, I remembered Kevin on my shoulder, little tiny miniature Kevin on my shoulder, and I was like, oh, speak sweetly to myself, and she changed her thought. So, you know, <laughs> carry your little Kevin in your pocket. <laughs> we were joking about having a Kevin doll with all your, all the Kevinisms. <laughs> so it is that. It's like, think about that. Now we're going to watch what we say. What has already, what is the damage that already, already has been done? Now that's the question. What is the damage, and you can really consider it damage to your suitcase, that's already been done? And what your body speak, says to you matters. And so how to listen to it. So I'm going to go through some things because ultimately, if you are desensitized and you're not listening to your body, then this is the gateway to disharmony, dis-ease, and eventually disease. And we don't want that. We don't want that for, for ourselves. So some of this, this is, you know, kind of how I've seen it, how I see it, and um, also through yoga and yoga therapy. Okay, so the sides of the body, let's start with that. So take it as you wish. So let's go with the left side on the left and the right side. Well, we have left side and right side of the body, of your body. We consider this in yoga um, philosophy, uh, we consider the sides of the body a feminine and masculine energy. And why? Because they say together, and I'm going to go through this later on another. Okay, so they say there's an energy that goes up 
You might have heard of it. It's called Kundalini. And then there's an energy that flows down. Okay. And as they, one energy flows up your, let's say, spine or central channel, on a physiological level, it's your spine. The other energy goes down in this concentric way. And if you look at the way the arrows are moving, it's said that these energies cause these centers of energy to spin. Does anyone know what they're called? The nadi is the channel. Good. This is a nadi, which means a channel of your, an energetic channel of your body. And the spinning energy centers around in that nadi? Chakras. Yeah. So that's what they, they're talking about as these spinning centers of energy in your spine. Yes. So one energy, the one energy that's going up is called Pingala. Uh, I'm going to write it here because it's associated with your right side. And the energy going down is Ida, the feminine energy. Okay, so Ida is the feminine. It's on the left side. Pingala or Pingala is the masculine on the right side. And as these feminine and masculine energies swing through our bodies or circle through our bodies, they are considered, they spiral in certain energy, in certain spots that create an energetic vortex. And those are our, our chakras along the spine. And what's Kundalini? Kundalini is like the force at the base of the spine. This is like the concept of kundalini yeah okay so this is the feminine this is the left side the left side is feminine it's lunar chandra i'll just put the sanskrit chandra it's considered um the rest and digest uh let me just let's put this one right brain so notice the right brain all the right brain activity. What is considered right brain activity? Creative. Yeah, creative. Expression. expression color. color. Good. And it focus. It actually controls the left side of your body. So right brain, left body. Okay. Uh, we consider this side. Associate the side with the parasympathetic nervous system. We associate this side with rest and digest. So it is in charge of this action. Being, the energy of being, and the energy of receiving. So feminine energy side. So notice what injuries occur on your body. Do they happen on one side more than the other? Maybe, just to, just to pay attention. The other side is the masculine energy side, Pingala, or Pingala, some people say, and it's considered the solar. Mm. Running out of ink. Solar energy side. 
So that's Surya, Surya Namaskar, right? Solar, sun. It's the left brain activity. What's associated with left brain activity? Thinking, analyzing, cognitive. Good. So we have both. All of us have both sides. We obviously, we need both. Solar, sympathetic nervous system. So the fight or flight. Or freeze. Oh my goodness, we need new markers. We just bought a bunch. Okay. Fight or flight. This is the doing energy and the providing. So it's the GSD, getting shit done. <laughs> okay. And so as we you might want to notice, okay, what, what happens, what, what side of your body is more dominant? What, again, what injuries occur on each side of your body? Where do you have more of your attention? How do you, which side of your body, some people, especially vatas, have like a bigger side, okay? Like a more, like a bigger, like maybe a longer leg or a um, for women, a bigger breast on one side, or they have like, you know, notice where do you hold more of your tension? Maybe one shoulder is higher than the other. We're going to talk about shoulders in a second. Actually, we're going to talk about shoulders right now. <laughs> if, if injuries were more on one side or the other, is that black or is that overused on that side? Or? It depends. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I couldn't wait to say it. I just smiled when you asked me that question. Um, yes, it does depend though, and so it depends on kind of the kind of injury. I'll go through some of the rest of the stuff, and then me, you can start to see um, like tension could be more like um, your um, like avoiding. So it's kind of like it's like uh, it's tension there. It's like I'm, I'm or like there's a forcefulness in there. It's forcing it. It's manipulating it. Right. Okay. Like actual physically breaking down. Breaking bones. Yeah. Uh, yeah Using it too much, too much on that side, N oh. neglecting that, like um, the skill on that side. Yeah, and the court, the connection to that side, the sensitivity to that side, left side or right side, for you. Both. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, let me get it. I can kind of move into it a little bit when we start talking about the things. It's more like, is it a is it a doing an injury or is it a receiving injury? And that's kind of like. Doing. Okay. So doing is like. If it's, so it's on your right side, so it's doing, so you're, you're very masculine energy. It's a lot of doing energy. It's like excess. And so, and then the receiving energy, when you receive it, it's like there's a neglect or there's ten, there's pain or there's, um, like sometimes it's deferred though. So when it's deferred pain, that's why it depends. And if it's deferred pain, then 
we don't really know if it's from one which side or which side. Yeah, but compound like fractures, like if compound, think of it like that's being received. Yeah, so it's like what it's like. Pay attention. Hey, pay attention to me. This this one is like the abuse of like doing it too much. Like the doing energy is breaking it. It's like you're using it too much. You're too much on that side. Yeah, and then the other one is like, pay attention to me. Hey, pay attention to me. Like if it just sort of happens. And it's like the comp. So to me, compound fractures is more like, yeah, I think that's more. It is, but it's like when there's pain or if there's, um, yes, then it's like what's ha what have you been neglecting here? What haven't you been paying attention to? Degenerative thinking. Yeah. Okay, so let's go shoulders next. I'm sure you've heard me say. Shoulders, okay? These are your shoulders. You are shooting on yourself. You are shooting on others. Stop shooting on yourself and stop shooting on others because left shoulder, right shoulder, they all have, um, they take, they're, they're telling you a story. They're telling you something. So the left shoulder indicates past. It's I should have or I shouldn't have. Okay, should have or shouldn't have. It's a lot of regret that occurs on your left side. Guilt and shame. And also a lot of just heaviness in terms of, wow, I really... Um, I sh shouldn't have done that. You really, it's weighing on you. It's weighing on you. Something from your past that you either did or experienced that is holding you back in the past. It's holding you back, literally weighing on you. And you're, hold, you're trying to move forward and it's weighing on you. And so there's maybe like it's lifting. You're, you have to carry it. You have to carry it. Right shoulder is future. Should or should, should or shouldn't. And it can also be a question. Should I do this? Shouldn't I do that? Or I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And it comes from a place of fear, worry, and doubt. Right shoulder. So future and past. What is above is below, another thing to look at. You can start to connect the dots, potentially. Okay, so above, below. And we see this a lot in yoga therapy. So shoulders are intricately connected. We just did shoulders to your hips. So shoulders, I should do this, I shouldn't do that, I should, I shouldn't, you're holding, you're carrying a load, and in your hips you carry a load. And there's a lot of emotions that can be anchored into your hips, and that's when your hips can be tight, or and then when you start to loosen your hips, 
it could potentially be a flood of emotions that comes out. So you're really wanting, women have a little more, a looser hip sock uh, joint. Also our femur bones tend to turn out more obviously because of the shape of our pelvis. And so there's more emotional um, flow. There's more emotional flow. Masculine men tend to have like a little tighter, narrow hip and tighter in the hips and which tends to be a little more holding, a lot more holding of emotional uh, energy. Okay, hands and feet, heart and gut. So there is an Ayurvedic um, book. I think it's, it's called... Um, Oh, what's it called? I want to say brain gut, but that's not right. Uh, so basically it's saying that in your, whatever happens in your gut, so when you, you know, you're, you're bringing in food, you're bringing in uh, experiences, and you know, we talk about your gut a lot, trusting your gut. This is where trust lives. And so if you're having issues, gut health issues, which a lot of us do, gut health is like very, very um, predominantly one of the main causes they, that Ayurveda says of dis-ease. So it's the mind-heart connection, but also the brain-gut connection. So what we think and what we feel in our gut, if there's toxicity in our gut, likely there's toxicity in our mind or our brain and our heart. Mind and brain, because in Ayurveda, they say your mind is, lives in your heart. Your mind and your heart are the same. And so we don't consider our mind up here, we consider our mind here. That heart and mind are connected. And so the mind and the gut, the, what you think, is how you feel and vice versa. So toxic thoughts, toxic gut, and those two things. Is this, um, what is above is below is typical as well? Yes. So you can invert? Yes. Yep. So that's why, okay, yep, yes. I'll get to that in a second. I'll just give you an example. So throat, so the back of the throat and the perineum. So your perineum is the space between your anus and your genitals, your pelvic floor and your throat. So consider this trampoline and this trampoline. And so this is what's happening in the back of your throat. Are you able to express? Do you feel safe speaking and expressing your truth? And perineum is the center of safety. So if you are not, if you have any trauma to your perineum, if there's been any trauma to that area, that has, that's first chakra, that is called muladhara chakra, that is, if your safety has been compromised in any way, expression is the result, or lack of expression is the result. So perineum, throat, pelvis, is this resonating with anybody? Okay, pelvis, oh, whoops, pelvis is not above. <laughs> Okay, jaw and pelvis. So if you think about the shape of your jaw and the shape of your pelvis, 
if you were to like spill it forward, so you could see like it from down. So the shape of your, if you were to close your pelvis, it would be like, like a mouth, right? Closing. So your jaw and your pelvis, your hip, everything is like you consider this whole area. So those of you who clench your jaw, you might have low back pain and vice versa. And we in yoga therapy have really come, we, I learned from a really great yoga therapist that worked with a dentist. And they realized, and they noticed how releasing your jaw and the tension that you hold in your jaw just by, can realign your sacrum. And so like putting a pencil in your mouth and relaxing your jaw while you're moving and walking can realign your sacrum. And so jaw and pelvis intricately connected. And so this tight tension, low back pain. A lot of holding in terms of, um, now we think about in, like uterus, okay? Like reproductive organs. So if you're holding your jaw here, and you're holding your uterus, your uterus can also feel pain. Or there's holding in your uterus. Um, we consider it like an opening. You know, your, your uterus, is expansive and open. Same thing with your jaw. It's expansive and can open. And so holding, holding maybe your words, holding a expression, holding yourself, and can also vagina, same thing, vagina and uterus, there's a holding down there. A lot of teacher trainings and it was like tight jaw, tight vagina. It's kind of like how it goes. It's so it's like loosen your jaw. <laughs> Loosen your jaw, get unclench your teeth, let your molars make sure, you know, if you notice your molars touching during the day, untouch them, let them relax, soften through it, massage your, um, you know, your jaw here. A lot of perineal um, practitioners, they do perineal, perineal massage. It can change the game for a lot of women, especially that are holding that, that are really tight down there and that have been holding for a long time. It can release a lot of um, emotion, trauma, whatever is being held in that area. And where would it come out on a man? Where would it come out? Like yeah, same reproductive. Okay. Yeah, prostate. Um, Low back. Sorry. Yeah, but reproductive, like in the pelvis. Yeah, in the so pelvis. Maybe on the as well. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, low back, the jaw, that's the same thing, men and women. Yep. But also, uh, I'm just saying, like, inside. So now you think about the inside of your jaw, inside of, like, all of it, what's inside your pelvis. So all of that. Bladder, reproductive, colon, okay? So any kind of, like, bowel issues, those kinds of things. So it's what's on the one end of the opening and on the other end of the opening. Mouth to anus, mouth to anus. Consider those two things very connected. So upper lips, lower lips, okay? So labia, vagina. So upper lips, lower lips, upper tongue, lower tongue. So for women, Clitoris, yeah, clitoris, for men, penis, 
and then saliva and ejaculate. So all of these things that have deferred, referred correlation. And so noticing if you're aligned or not, and if you are, what your body is saying to you. Maybe there were things that, you know, you experienced as a child that had, you know, it's like, okay, maybe I always had, I don't know, um, throat infections or something like that. And like, where do you look? Maybe, or, you know, lots of people, it's constipation. So low back, jaw and pelvis. Think about what, like constipation, when you're constipated, some people get very severe low back pain. Have you heard that or experienced that? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what are you, like, you tight here. I, I got my face red, like, years ago. Was, I was at this, like, spirit show or something. And I had a table, and she had a table. And so she looked at my jaw, and I, I had a very square jaw before. And it was, you know, pronounced here. A lot of this tension. I clenched my teeth, you know. I was almost celibate for years. And she just looked at me, she's like, you need to have sex. And I was like, you don't need to read my, I'm like, I paid you to tell me that. <laughs> so, you know, and then it was really like, how do I, I started like really working with my jaw and loosening my grip, loosening my grip, you know, control. And you think about all of these things, you think about like orgasm and it's like, it's not control, you're, you're just like, Letting go, complete surrender, and having that surrender and that elation move through you. So it's like letting all this, it's a huge release. So allowing yourself to um, energetically release in certain areas, like if, one, if you're focused on one area, the, the signs and symptoms are in one area, and you've been working with it, you've been working with it for years, and it's not working, go to the correla correlated body part and start working with that. Yes? Orgasm, yes. Sustaining orgasm. Yeah. This is why in yoga we hold mula bandha. Yeah. We hold these bandhas, these these the trampolines. We hold them to sustain and contain prana, to contain energy. So we hold our mula bandha, the base of our pelvic floor, perineum. That's a that's a lock. We hold Uddiyana Bandha, the middle lock in our belly, in our gut. And we hold Jalandhara Bandha, which is in our throat. And so by locking these locks, these Bandhas, which is loosely translated as locks, we are, and breathing, we're generating heat, we're generating prana, but we're containing it within this part of our body, from throat Mouth to anus. We're totally containing it the entire time. We take a, let's say, a yoga class, an ashtanga class for sure. That's like the premise of an ashtanga class. So you contain the energy so that in shavasana, it's considered 
all the energy is released. You let go of this bandha, you let go of mula bandha, you let go of uddiyana bandha, and technically, the prana is circulating through your body and like simulating orgasm. It's like the release, the orgasm, the, the climax, if you will. So this is the idea behind these, these parts of our body that we're, that we're controlling or that we're locking. And when we do kriyas, you'll notice, you know, let's say spinal flex, and then it's exhale completely, let all your air out, hold your pelvic, lift up your pelvic floor. So, so you're locking here and you're locking here. And so as you hold these bandhas and you hold the locks on the exhale, when you hold, until you can't hold anymore, when you inhale, there's a release. And ultimately it feels orgasmic in some ways. It's like, and there's a feeling you get. That's prana moving through your body. And that is moving your emotions all, and it's moving through your nadis, through your channels. And so this is the idea. So we do exhale on your um, first two kriyas, right? So kapalabhati, exhale all, hold your, or hold your pelvic floor. I sometimes hold my throat lock as well. Then it's released. Then this one, it's holding both throat and perineum. Then you inhale and release. And then the last one is hold on the inhale. It's an internal kumbak. So uh, what is it? Inhale, then you inhale, hold, hold on the inhale and then exhale, release. So there's an internal and an external kumbhaka. Kumbhaka means holding, holding of the bandhas. So this is the idea behind it. You're generating all this energy, all this prana, and you want to move it through your body at the end. You want to feel it and experience it. And so noticing if in your body it's speaking to you in some ways. And if this helps in any way, Great. If it is more confusing, I'm sorry. <laughs> and allow yourself some time to just like explore it. And, you know, we do yoga classes, Kevin does for sure, uh, yoga classes that are being um, recorded, but on different body parts. So each time we teach a class, it's like on one body part. And then how does that it, how do you experience things physically, emotionally, and cognitively within this one body part? So that's why yesterday we were talking about calves. It's like calves are control, losing, losing Left side is lack of support. Right calf is both. Oh, lack of support on the left side from women, lack of support from men. Perhaps. <laughs> That's what Kevin always does. He's like, oh, of course it's on my right side. You women. <laughs> then it just becomes a convenient excuse. <laughs> no. 
All right, so we're going to explore the sides a little bit more later on, um, just like the chakras, and we'll talk a little bit about that. In terms of energy centers, like so that as we move, you're just basically you're exploring your nadis, your energy centers, your channels, that energy channels that move through your body. That's all we're doing in yoga, moving energy, moving energy. And then that energy becomes the healing balm, the healing balm from the inside out, B-A-L-M. So as you start to heal yourself from the inside out, that becomes, the breath becomes that soothing, healing, it's healing the wounds from the inside out. All right. Thanks for listening.